0: A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's Lima dot Life, L Y M A dot Life. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? I think I read somewhere that it's easier
2: to get people to change their religion than to change their diet.
0: (laughs) Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself
1: warning side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality thoughts of living longer an increase in sexual activity feelings of joy cravings for kale and quinoa and a spike in tinder matches in rare cases people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their 39.99 a month gym membership if you experience any of these symptoms snapchat your trainer immediately
0: All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Dr. Angela DeBoard-Henriksen. Dr. Henriksen is a board-certified physician specializing in internal medicine. She currently has a private practice at IU Health after serving as a hospitalist there.
1: Although she still practices traditional medicine, she has changed her focus to discovering the root cause of disease and help empower patients to change their health through diet, which you know we love. But before we get to our interview with Angela, we have to tell you about today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Thrive Market. The mission of Thrive Market is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Thrive promises to sell only the highest quality, healthy, natural products, Always at prices 25 to 50% below retail. Always committed to sustainability and social justice. And I just love what they are doing. It's Costco meets Whole Foods.
0: Yes, it's a membership site and it's very similar to Costco, but with the high quality
1: natural and organic products of Whole Foods. They have an incredible array of products and the lowest prices I have ever seen.
0: Yes, so I just placed an order, I got cleaning products, lotions shampoo and conditioner floss a new toothbrush I got vitamins I even got dog treats Susie like a whole bunch of stuff and the retail cost would have been $200 at any other place but I got the entire order I posted it on Instagram if you want to see it I got the entire order for 109. Almost That's half, incredible. I know, <laughs> almost <laughs> almost half off, and it's all stuff I would have bought online anyway, and I just got a huge discount. So in one trip, the membership has already paid for itself. That's freaking
1: fantastic. I know. Yes, members who shop at Thrive frequently are saving thousands every year.
0: So that's why we are so excited to partner with Thrive and
1: bring you an amazing discount code Food Heals Nation. You never have to pay full price for healthy food again. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Heals to get your three-month free membership plus 15% off your first purchase.
0: Three months, Food Heals Nation. They told me that they usually only offer one month or two months. So we got three. Thank you, Thrive. (laughs) So start shopping now and save on your favorite natural, wholesome products delivered straight to your door for free. That is thrivemarket.com slash Food Heals.
1: Next up, our interview with Dr. Angela DeBoard-Henriksen. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today we are here with a great guest, Dr. Angela DeBoard-Henrikson. Dr. Henrikson makes a difference in her patients' lives by preventing disease and walking them through the process of owning the responsibility for their own health. So important, Food Heals Nation. Angela
0: received her doctorate of medicine from Indiana University School of Medicine and completed her residency training in internal medicine through St. Vincent's Hospital in Indianapolis. Welcome, Angela. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. We're so glad to have you. So tell me a little bit about, I know we did your bio, but tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
2: I practice in um, Indianapolis, Indiana, so a little like area in the Midwest. And I practice traditional medicine. Um, I've been doing it for about uh, 15 years now. I am a mother and have some beautiful daughters and um, I've just really gotten passionate about food and how its healing effects can basically cure and cure disease and restore perfect health. And it's kind of a new concept for me that I've just gotten into in the last five or six years. And I am just excited to kind of branch into this new area of healthcare.
0: Yeah, I think it's amazing because we need more doctors like you that are making that connection and really, truly helping people with food because, you know, we're called the Food Heal Podcast, so we know that food heals. We agree with you 100%. (laughs) Um, So you had a patient experience that completely changed the way that you practice medicine. Can you tell us about that? I did. Um, Let uh, let me just start by
2: saying, um, just to give you a little lead into how this all happened, I really like wanted to be a doctor since day one that's all I wanted to do I don't know how I got inspired to it kind of like think back to when I was in high school and I was in love with Patrick Swayze (laughs) and that movie Roadhouse there was like this really cute doc I think it was Kelly Lynch I don't know exactly who the actress was but she like saved him and fixed all of his cuts and I thought oh that's so cool I want to help people like that and I Got sick when I was in uh, college. I came down with mono, mm. which you know most college kids get, and I got really sick and actually had to drop out of school for a semester. And I remember going to my doctor, and she just came. She sat down with me, and she just looked at me, and she must have known like how scared I was because she said, "You know." you are not going to die. You are going to feel okay, and we're going to get you better. And I was just at such a bad place right then when I felt so terrible. I thought, oh, I want to be that kind of person that can come to a patient and say, you know, you're going to be okay, and I can make you better. And so that was kind of how I went into medicine and why I got excited about helping people. And so the first probably, I'd say, six or seven years of my practice, you know, we're trained in medical school that you're going to be able to figure out what's wrong with the patient Mm -hmm. and you can do the test and you can give them medicine and they will get better and that's Mm -hmm. just kind of verbatim how it's taught and you know not to say that they don't teach about the connection with the patients and you know there's a lot of of good that happens through all of that Mm -hmm. but that's just pretty much where I was in my career and I kind of just felt like I was a really good doctor and that I could get people's cholesterol numbers all tuned up with this medicine and I could get their blood pressure, you know, right in check and they would feel better. And I just feel like I probably just wasn't complete at that point. I was kind of just going through the motions and I ended up taking over a practice for a physician who had been in practice for like 25 years. Mm -hmm. And so I got to meet a bunch of really neat patients And I was new, and so I was kind of looking at them with fresh eyes, and there was this one gal. I was actually taking care of her and her husband, and she had been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Mm. Um, And they kind of thought it might be lupus, which is basically a disease where your body's own immune cells start to attack different organs in your body. And it can manifest in all different ways. I mean, you can get kidney problems, heart problems, you know, skin problems, connective tissue problems, just all kinds of different, really terrible symptoms. And she had been diagnosed by the physician that I had taken over for, and she was seeing a rheumatologist. She basically had all of the lab tests that could confirm what she, you know, that she had this autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of got to know her pretty well. Over the course of a year or two, she was put on um, prednisone, which is an anti-inflammatory drug that sh- has tons of side effects. Usually causes swelling and weight gain and you right. know icky stuff. Um, she was on narcotic medications. Mm-hmm. And this gal um, was in her forties. She had four children, a very um, say, spiritual woman, mm-hmm. Um, she was a veterinarian, very smart, very intelligent, and um, loved her job, was really passionate about life, and she, so she was, you know, seeing these doctors, everything was confirmed, I was seeing her just for her routine follow-up, and she came in one day, was literally crying, and I was like, what's wrong, you know, and she, she sat down, and she just kind of broke down and said, you know, I am so miserable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know, you know, this, your pain's bad. You know, do we need to give you more pain medicine? And she said, no, I'm miserable. Like I could be suicidal. And of course now I'm like getting ready to ball and oh, God, I'm, like, no. what's going on. And she's like, I just feel like I wasn't put on this earth to have this disease like I've tried to take care of myself I don't understand you know why this is happening to me and um, she's like you know I just I can't I'm not a good mother I can't go to my children's baseball games I can't be outside because when I go out there I break out in this terrible rash and I have to take medication because I get so much joint pain I can't walk so I I'm to the point where I can't go watch my boys play ball I don't even feel like I'm a good wife. She's like, I'm tired all the time. I don't want to cook. I don't want to have sex. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel good about myself. I've gained all this weight. You know, I don't know why this is happening to me. I really don't want to go on. I'm bawling at this point and I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. You're not going to do this. We're going <laughs> to figure this out. You know, we are going to find out any way that we can, you know, fix you. We can send you to Mayo Clinic. We can send you to Cleveland Clinic. We'll do more tests. We'll do whatever we have to do. And so kind of the way it all transpired is bizarre. Like, I didn't understand, like, law of attraction or any of that kind of stuff at this point and didn't know anything about it, but this random series of events kind of started. So I said, you know what, let me, you know, brainstorm with some of my partners, let me think about what I can do, and... You know, let me call you back. I will call you back by tomorrow. I'm gonna to come up with something, you know, just promise me you don't do anything stupid. You know, you have a lovely family, you have a life, we're gonna fix this.
0: Yeah, that's amazing that you are able to say that. Well, I just I was desperate. Okay.
2: <laughs> I didn't want her to leave and being so miserable, and then I hear I'm not doing anything to help her. So and I had no idea what to do to help her, to be honest. Right. Um so I kind of brainstormed and I thought of this professor that I had worked with when I was in training. And it's funny because I think about him and he was always like, you know, this kind of guy that has the hair that looks like Einstein, you know, and kind of like your hippie guy, but I loved him because he was such an outside of the box thinker. And I thought, well, you know what, why don't I call him? Because his specialty was in immunology and he was also a dermatologist. So he had the background. And so I called him and I said, you know, can you see this lady? And I told him the story and I pleaded my case and I said, you know, she's miserable. And he said, well, yeah, I can see her, but here's the deal. I'm going to, I think it was like Haiti or something on a mission trip and I'm leaving tomorrow.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) And I was like, no, you've got to see her. And
2: he's like, is there any way that she could get here like before two o'clock or something like that? And I was like, I don't know. Let me call her. I'll get right back with you. So I called her and it was funny because here she was a veterinarian and she worked full time and she had, you know, all these kids and I called her and she said, well, I'm sitting about five minutes away from his office right now having lunch with a friend. Wow. Like I was so miserable. I took the day off work and I got a sitter for my kids and I just needed to, you know, kind of get away. And so I was like, okay, then, you know, get over there and see him Yes. Go right now. And so she got there and He basically talked to her and come down to it. He said, you know what, Susan, I don't think you have lupus. He said, I think you're having some sort of like an allergic reaction to something.
0: Wow. That's completely different than what she had been told. Completely. Everything. And like she'd had all the tests.
2: She'd had everything. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was this woo-woo diagnosis they had come up with. I mean, this was legit. Yeah. And he just, I think he just looked at it in a different light. And so he said... Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down every single thing that you put in your mouth, that you put on your body for the next six months. Wow. He's like, I want you to write it down. I want you to write down every symptom that you have. I want you to, you know, do all this stuff. And I'm going to look into some sort of, like, testing that I can find to see if we can look for things other than just your traditional foods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'll just kind of wrap it all up. What happened was then is that she was allergic to red dye, number 40. And she figured this out by, you know, writing down that she had been eating red tortilla chips. And then she was taking Tylenol. And oh, my gosh. Tylenol was in the red dye there. And he ended up finding a test that he was able to do on her that confirmed it. Wow. Literally within you know, three or four weeks, she cut that out of her diet completely. And within, I'd say another like three to six months, she was off of all of her medicines. It was just like this enlightening wake up call for me.
0: It's shocking that no one else had discovered that and how quickly her body was able to recover by just eliminating that one toxic substance.
2: That's exactly what she did. I mean, she had to get rid of everything in her shampoo, everything in her skincare stuff. But when she did that, I mean, she was bound and determined that, you know, she was going to make this work. And she, I mean, was fine. And you know what? To this day, I still see her and it was amazing I had this big epiphany about a year ago when she came in and said I just got back from Hawaii and she said I was out in the sun with my boys Mm. and my husband on the beach for two weeks you know I didn't have a single symptom and you know she got her life back and it's just that to me was like wow I'm really gonna have to start thinking a little bit differently about how I practice medicine then I started, you know, I started thinking, gosh, you know, I'm part of the problem because here these people are coming in, you know, for their physicals, and I'm saying, you know, okay, you know, try to lose weight and, you know, try to exercise more, and maybe, you know, you can get a little better by next year. But I wasn't even asking them what they were really eating, or, you know, what they were actually doing, what their life was like. Um, I mean, I was just regurgitating everything and it just was shocking. Yeah. Like I just, just...
0: And you never think about the shampoos and the lotions and things like that, that she had no idea were affecting her. And when you go to a typical doctor, usually they're not asking you, well, what kind of products are you putting in your hair? You know? Oh yeah.
2: And they're not asking anything like that. I don't think my doctors ever asked me like, what, you know, are you gluten free or are you allergic to dairy? You know, nothing about right. my nutrition or anything. Yeah. So it just it just changed everything and it made me really start to think about what I was doing and about the medications that I was giving people. And so I kinda, you know, dove into researching things, you know, went out, rented every video I could find, you know, read every book I could find. Started making my patients come in and watch the trailer to like forks over knives and yes. when they came in <laughs> and they thought I was insane. They're like, "Why are you doing this?" And I was like, I "Gotta start thinking about what you're eating," you know. And when they really complained, I just told them the story, and then they said, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, maybe we'll be a little bit more open to it now."
0: So I have a question: What happened with the lupus diagnosis? Was it just completely thrown out?
2: Well, it was. Not thrown out at first. What we did was we weaned her off of her medications initially mm-hmm. and she was doing fine. And then we went back and we retested her and she had, had there's a couple markers for lupus. They're called the ANA, they're anti-nuclear antibody. And, um, the SED rate is one of them. They're all just markers of inflammation. Mm-hmm and um we went back and tested all those um she I mean she was positive for everything and to this day still she's negative we went back and tested it and she came back negative after she eliminated that
0: that's incredible and so was the red dye causing just her to have all these issues or was it literally causing lupus or are they the same thing?
2: Um, They're not the same thing I think what was happening is that I mean she had developed this allergy in some way and I don't know if it was overexposure or if she just you know started developing a leaky gut and when she was continuing to take this stuff that you know all of her medicines most of her medicines had red dye in it too that it just kind of exacerbated things and then she got this immune reaction where all all of a sudden her body is recognizing the food that she's eating as foreign. So now she's got this big immune army going on to try to fight her own cells. Then she just started to react to, like, her skin was one of the biggest things, her skin and her joints. So she would get really bad rashes when she was out in the sun. And when she'd been doing any kind of prolonged activity or out in the sun a lot, her joints just would ache so bad. So those were her her two big symptoms. And I think it was just the, the continuing you know, exposure that she had to that. And I think she probably had issues with other things too. I mean, she really cleaned up her diet and got rid of everything processed and, you know, started eating healthy altogether. And I think that made a big difference.
0: That's an amazing story. And so now that you've had that experience, and I know you said when patients come in, you have them watch the trailers to those wonderful movies, but how do you come up with treatment plans with this new knowledge?
2: It's hard because I'm still, you know, practicing traditional medicine and a lot of people aren't really open to thinking about changing their diet. And I mean, if they haven't really had that experience or that kind of eye-opening epiphany, I don't think they really think of medicine in that way. I have a lot of patients that are age 40 to say 70 or 80. Um, And so a lot of them are just used to going to the doctor and getting a medicine. So it's been kind of a slow journey, getting people to start thinking about what they're eating. I think I read somewhere that it's easier to get people to change their religion than to change their diet. (laughs) I think that's so true because, like, I'll say to people, well, you know, have you thought about you know, maybe getting off of processed foods or maybe eliminating, urging an elimination diet for a short period of time. And they look at me like I'm insane. You know, I'm like, okay, well, you can take your medicine still, you know, if you want. But, you know, slowly but surely, some of them are starting to come around.
0: Well, people are addicted to food and it's really, really tragic. And they're emotionally and physically addicted. So it's mm-hmm. not just the mental component. It's not just the physical component. It's both. And so that's a really hard thing to break. So it makes sense when, you know, Whatever you've read says that it's easier to change someone's religion than it is to change their diet. I mean, that makes sense. I know people like this that are so attached to what they eat and why they eat it that mm-hmm. it's very, they're very resistant to change. And I do think the older you get, the more resistant you are. My parents were the same way. They were taking so many pharmaceutical drugs. My mother, especially, she was mm-hmm. diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, multiple sclerosis and her life was spent taking so many pills that every hour she had to write down what pill she had taken at what time to make sure that she didn't double up, make sure she didn't forget because there were pills that she had to take every half hour. Each, oh, yeah. each pill would be counteracting the side effect of the last pill she took. You know, so many pills. We had boxes and boxes, of plastic containers full of pills and like three supplements and the rest pharmaceutical drugs. And God knows how much red dye was in those. I don't even know. But at the time there were no other answers and no one was talking about diet. Oh, nobody was talking about it
2: now. And they didn't, I mean, there's, there were no choices. You didn't even realize that an autoimmune disease was something that even had the potential for being cured or even improved.
0: It's heartbreaking to me doing this podcast. And I have talked to so many people who have healed autoimmune or doctors like yourself who are, now helping people heal autoimmune. And it's just, it breaks my heart because I just wish that we had the knowledge back then. And this is only 10 years ago. It's not that long ago. Um, Mm -hmm. We were also in North Carolina, so it's not as forward thinking as where I live in California, but I'm glad it's happening in Indiana where you are.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's happening all over because I still have partners that think I'm insane, you know? So (laughs) it's a joke in our office that they're like, if something happens, they're like, oh, well, it's probably the gluten. The gluten did it. Angela says the gluten did it. So <laughs> I don't know that it's as forward thinking here as it is in California for sure. But
0: Well, you're there, so that's what matters. So,
2: yeah, and it's tragic to think, you know, that your mom had to go through that because there is such new knowledge that we've gotten in the last few years. And it's it's just sad. I think there were a lot of people that are just in that mindset that, you know, you just do what your doctor says and you don't challenge it.
0: Yeah. And I was like 20 years old and I wasn't challenging the doctor, but I definitely asked questions that they weren't prepared to answer. They didn't want to talk about nutrition. They said nutrition doesn't matter. You know, I was asking about different alternative modalities and they just threw their hands up like you do whatever you want, but it's not going to have any effect. Right. right. And that was the attitude. I don't think attitude. I heard you
2: say on a previous podcast that they were like, well, your diet has nothing to do with it, you know, and that's so not
0: true. Yeah. The same doctor that treated my mother and father said nutrition doesn't matter their oncologist for when they both had cancer. I mean, it's unbelievable.
2: It's so sad. I, well, and I experienced the same thing. My um, stepmother um, was diagnosed with leukemia Mm. and you know, I went and talked to her oncologist as well, or as her hematologist. And he said the same thing. I said, well, what do you think about this or changing the diet? And he said, well, you know, if you like vegetables, go ahead and do that, but it's not going to change anything. It's, It's just like, really? And this is a really, educated person and it's sad i think we've all just been i don't know it, like not our fault i mean because no. people are doing this all the time I mean, it's like you don't you just don't know any different and we're taught that it's all okay and that the processed foods are good for you and right. it's just it's a just backward thinking
0: well i'm glad it's moving forward so tell us what kind of diet do you not only prescribe to your patients but what kind of diet do you recommend for yourself for your family members for your friends maybe someone that's not necessarily suffering just an average person
2: yeah like i i mean i've never been sick so i you know when i started switching my diet i i noticed improvements but there weren't real tangible things that i could say oh you know my knee pain is gone or you know right. my rashes are gone so i've noticed improvement but for me even, it was really hard to do. Like I have had to do it very slowly. You know, one little thing at a time. Like first I got rid of the processed foods and then I got rid of soft drinks. I was drinking like five or six diet Mountain Dews a day. It was wow. Disgusting. You know, here I am talking to Susan about a red dye and I'm chugging a diet Mountain Dew. It's like, really? <laughs> so it's been a slow process. I really try to be cognizant of the fact that people – you know, you can't just do this all of a sudden and you have to really want to do it and that everybody's different. So I don't know that I recommend one single thing to anybody. I usually try to get them at least to be aware that the processed foods have chemicals and dyes and aspartame and, you know, all these things that are we're going to start reacting to. And I try to explain to them, you know, why that happens. Um, to just kind of plant the seed. And then we just pick one small little goal. So I usually, you know, just focus on getting rid of packaged and processed and things in boxes and try to get them to kind of increase their fruit and vegetable consumption. And then, you know, as we get further into it, we might start talking about eliminating gluten and then eliminating dairy and getting more to A paleo, or even a vegetarian or vegan—it just kind of depends on what the person is and what their willingness to change is, and kind of we just kind of feel it out because everybody does seem to be different. But I think if I can just get them to realize that nutrition plays a role, that that's probably the biggest accomplishment. Um, you know, some people are way more willing. Um, I mean, I've got some people that have come in and done elimination diets and come back and felt great or have been willing to do some food sensitivity testing and they have improved. Um, and ironically, some of the patients, it seems like, that are maybe in their late 60s to 80s tend to be a little more open to it because a lot of them grew up on farms and, you know, are used to eating home, homemade, you know, things that they've gotten out of their garden. And so sometimes they seem to be a little bit more receptive to, than people in, you know, a younger generation. So it, it just depends on each person. I think we're all different. Our bodies are all different.
0: If someone is diagnosed with something and they don't live in Indiana, so they can't come see you, what are some resources you would recommend for our listeners? I know you mentioned two wonderful documentaries, Forks Over Knives and Hungry for Change, and those are definitely recommended by us as well. But where can someone start to get this information?
2: Yeah, I think um, you know those, and like I love Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. I think that's a really entertaining movie, and um, you know all of the like all of the different documentaries that you can kind of get into and. Um, you know, see the treatment of the animals and things like that. But um, there are, are a ton of functional medicine doctors that you can access online. You can kind of Google functional doctors in your area and a lot of the functional medicine doctors kind of focus more on holistic health care. I mean, there's some naturopaths and DOs that um, are into that, looking into nutrition as well. There's even food sensitivity testing that you can get. I know that the um, ALCAT, A-L-C-A-T testing yeah. is available, and I like Genova Diagnostics. They do a lot of the food sensitivity testing. There's tons of books out there. I think just kind of get, increasing your awareness to what nutritional things there are available and what resources there are once you kind of get into that space, it seems to open up a little bit. So I think there's things that you can do, you know, online, if you want to look into that and find practitioners in your area.
0: I do agree with what you said, that once you start creating the space where things do start to open up. So one thing leads to another leads to another. So, you know, you'll be directed on the right path once you start looking and opening up that Part of yourself and trying to find the people that can assist you and the information and books and everything that can help you. So I definitely agree with you there. All right, Food Heals Nation, we'll be right back with Angela's tips on what questions you can ask your doctor along with her tweetables. Food Heals Nation, if you're like us, you care a lot about the food that you put into your body because you know that food heals.
1: The problem is that good, healthy food can be extremely expensive but it doesn't have to be. That's why we were thrilled to discover
0: Thrive Market. Thrivemarket.com is like the Costco for everything healthy
1: online. That's right, it's an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices, shipped nationally for free. They have brands that I buy all the time like Simply Organic, Garden of Life, Dr.
0: Bronner's, Tom's, Nutiva, Seventh Generation, Gaia, and so many
1: more. So basically, everything I'm already buying at Whole Foods, right? Exactly, but at 25 to 50% off. And you can easily filter everything by your preferences gluten free, vegan, raw, non GMO, organic, and even fair trade. But what I love most about Thrive Market is their charitable
0: cause. For every paid membership, ThriveMarket.com donates a free
1: membership to a low income family, a teacher, or a military family. How? awesome as that. This is a game changer, Food Heals Nation, because you never have to pay full price for healthy foods again. That's why we scored an exclusive discount for you. Yes, so check out Thrive Market and get two months free membership plus 15% off
0: your first order.
1: Join the movement at thrivemarket.com slash foodheals. You're listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.
0: We're back with Dr. Angela DeBoard-Henriksen. She's a doctor who takes a holistic approach to her patients' health care. And right now we're going to ask her, what are some tips on questions that you can ask your doctor? So you go see your doctor. What are the questions that you need to make sure you ask? one of the major things is when
2: you go in ask them why are you taking certain medications I have so many people that have no idea why they're taking something and they just take it with no explanation so and most people don't ask so I mean go in take your list of medicines and ask them you know why am I taking this and is this something I need to stay on forever do you have any advice on what I can do to get off of it you know are there nutritional tips or are there exercise tips or are there certain things that I can do to try, try to wean myself off this medication is that a possibility Um, Maybe take in your ideas about supplements. I know a lot of physicians don't really believe in certain supplements, but take them in and show them and and ask them if there are any ones that they might recommend. Um, I mean, there's new literature coming out about vitamin D supplementation and omega-3 supplementation. And So I think that the physicians are starting to get a little bit more um, open to that. So that's definitely one. I mean, definitely ask about the side effects. Ask if your symptoms could be a side effect from any of the medications because I do think that they definitely affect everyone differently. And if you're getting symptoms, I mean, could it be your medicine and not a new disease or not part of your disease? I also think that being your own health advocate is probably the best thing because you know your body better than anyone and you know your body way better than your physician does so maybe writing down you know what your symptoms are keeping a diary writing down what you eat starting to think about kind of how you feel after you eat certain things I mean I know that You know, before I got into this, I knew that if I ate pizza, it would make me feel bloated and gross. Well, when you start really being mindful of what you're doing and, you know, what you feel like after you drink coffee or what you feel like after you have an apple versus what you feel like after you have a piece of toast. I mean, think about what symptoms you're having and what foods might be triggering those things. And really just keep a record of what you're actually putting in your mouth, maybe even what you're putting on your body. It just depends on what your symptoms are.
0: Well, I love the diary that your patient kept to determine when her symptoms were happening, and that's essentially how you all figured out, right? Yeah. And she she basically
2: was her own little biohack person, and she figured out exactly what was wrong with her by writing everything down. I think she said that the, the tip-off was is that she had some Tostitos or they were red tortilla chips that she had and then she went out into the sun about 15 minutes later and just broke out and she was like that was the final straw that made her think that there was something about that red chip that did that because before she had been able to eat tortilla chips that weren't red and didn't have a problem with it so it's definitely you know you can figure it out you just have to really be in tune with yourself.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you can have a reaction immediately as it sounds like she did. And sometimes you're going to have the reaction a little bit later, but if you're consistently writing down, then you can start to correlate when that reaction happened with the same food that you ate Monday. And then the reaction happened Tuesday, and then you ate the same food Thursday and the reaction happened Friday and you start to see patterns.
2: Mm -hmm. And just really just being aware of how your body feels. I mean, just, you know, Feel what feels good to you and be mindful of what you're doing.
0: And you know your baseline, so you know when you're up and you know when you're down. Well, we can figure out and track what's actually causing that through these journals, I really believe. I think it's really a powerful tool. Yep, definitely. Cool. What else?
2: Try to be a partner with your physician, and if you don't feel comfortable with them, find somebody that you do feel comfortable with, and don't stop asking why or how. I mean, this is your healthcare. This is your body, and just because they have a degree does not mean they know everything about you. I mean, you are your own best advocate. So, I mean, always ask and doubt what they're telling you, you know, and make sure you're questioning everything Um, because I think it's your right and you have to feel comfortable with the person. They have to be um, a partner to you and be empathetic about how you're actually feeling. Don't be with somebody that's robotic like I was when I first started. (laughs) Think about, you know, they have your best interest and if they're open to exploring things that you're interested in.
0: Yeah, it's so true because if they're not, then maybe it's time to find someone else or get a second opinion. Like you said, if you're not jiving with your doctor, let's go check in with someone else and see what they say. And most importantly, if you are actually diagnosed with something, get a second opinion and get a third and get a fourth because that's one of my biggest regrets with my mom is that We only had one doctor treating her MS, and then we had one oncologist treating her cancer, and there wasn't any other way than their way. And Mm -hmm. mind you, it was a smaller town, but still like there was no I didn't have any awareness that we should be doing this. And he was very cold and very by the book and very not a personality that I would ever get along with, you know, in my current life. And then with my father, his oncologist is the same one that treated my mother. And this is when I started learning about alternative medicine. And I found a doctor that looked at his charts, that looked at all the information from the other doctor who said, you're going to die and it's a matter of months. And he said, I can't tell you're going to live, but I don't think that you have to die. And there's a treatment plan that we can do, and it involved very intense cleansing with herbs and all kinds of things, changing the diet completely. And he said as aggressive as chemotherapy and radiation and surgery are, you have to be that aggressive with juicing, fasting, and you know, getting rid of the toxins. So I learned that, hey, there's a possibility he could live here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> my dad was like, "I want to smoke my, my cigar," and I don't believe him, and I don't care. So,
2: <laughs> well, and I think a lot of people, you know, you feel like that. I think, you know, I have forever thought that that's just like all this woo woo medicine, you know, that people, you know, are trying to sell you supplements yeah. and are trying to talk you into doing something that you know doesn't really work. There's no science behind it. That's what we're trained. So maybe just trust your intuition too. And and everybody knows their own body. And, you know, like your father said, like my family feels the same way. They don't want to do anything different. You know, this is, yeah. you know, how they feel about it. And this is the course that they're going to take and so be it. But I think if you do have an intuitive feeling that maybe you should, look into something different than follow it.
0: Yeah, he didn't have that. So I was trying to do it for him. But you can only do this for yourself, really. You know, you can help your family members, of course, but you have to do what they want to do and support them in whatever decision they make. And that was a huge lesson for me, but also a huge lesson for me that how I would do it differently if I was ever diagnosed. You know, I would take the holistic route because I've seen more positive results from people that have taken the holistic result than i have from western medicine and i'm not discounting western medicine i think it's absolutely life-saving in certain situations it's just sometimes also not life-saving and can be harmful and so you really have to look at all everything that's going on with the body and go what does my body truly need to heal right exactly Alright, we just got a question in on our Facebook page. I'm going to read this Facebook message from Monica. Hi ladies. First of all, I would just like to say I love your podcast. As a huge animal lover, you've inspired me to become a vegetarian. I can proudly say I haven't eaten meat for five months and now I feel great. However, a few months ago, I found out I have IBS. I have severe stomach pain frequently and my doctor put me on medication. I'm very holistic and medication is something I rarely take. Do you have any tips or dietary suggestions or recommendations for women who suffer with IBS. Thank you. I appreciate all you do. You've changed my life. Thank you, Monica. So Dr. Henriksen, what do you think?
2: Well, I think um, it's great that she's changed her diet so much. And that's probably one of the biggest first steps to getting better. There's a ton of new literature coming out about the gut microbiome which is the bacteria that you have that are living in your GI tract. And they actually, you know, work in symbiosis with us. They help us digest our nutrients. They help us digest the food. They work together. Um, And there's a theory that, you know, over time, your gut sort of has this like a window screen that goes around it that basically can get broken down over time by eating processed foods and and maybe gluten. There's different theories about what causes it. So it causes what they call a leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And so as that happens, it kind of tears some holes into that screening or that lining of the gut. And so it's like if I eat an apple every day and now my body starts seeing this these proteins and amino acids from the apple coming out and they're different sizes than they're used to, that it's like, well, wow, we gotta attack this, we've gotta cause inflammation and we've gotta get rid of this. So I mean it could be anything that you're eating regularly that would start this inflammatory cycle. And so that tends to, you know, make the bacteria in the gut it causes what they call dysbiosis. So you know, your good bacteria aren't winning out, and you're going to build up some of the bad guys in there, and so that can cause a lot of the IBS symptoms, and there's thoughts that maybe, you know, when these bacterial elements get out of whack, that's what causes Crohn's disease, or maybe ulcerative colitis, or just irritable bowel, and maybe that some of the bacteria can build up and get into the wrong part of your colon so your bacteria should be in your colon and not in your small intestine so if they start to get up into the small intestine, you might start getting symptoms of irritable bowel. So there's just a lot of new literature coming out that changing your diet, maybe doing an elimination diet where you get rid of some of the major categories. Um, It's not fun, you get rid of grains and then you get rid of sugar, you get rid of dairy, you get rid of nuts, you get rid of eggs, you get rid of soy and nightshade vegetables, you get rid of all that stuff. And then you slowly start to reintroduce them again um, to see if those things could be triggering some of your symptoms. So that's one kind of thing that you could do at home by yourself, Yeah. yeah. Um, although it's hard, (laughs) really hard, but it's cheaper than getting all the testing done. The other thing is probiotics are excellent because they actually give you some of those good bacteria to put back into your colon. So a lot of physicians are starting to use the probiotics to treat IBS symptoms, So I think kind of just looking into some of that new research and maybe experimenting a little bit with the foods and the probiotics could be helpful and definitely trying to find somebody that's a naturopathic doctor, a holistic doctor, and talk to them before going on medications or even after going on meds and trying to get back off of them. That could kind of be a little bit of a different avenue to explore.
0: Absolutely. I think that is excellent advice. And um, the elimination diet is a great way to figure out what's wrong with you and what you need to keep out. Because as soon as you put that food back in and you start having a reaction, you know that food is not good for you. So I think that's an excellent point. And probiotics are interesting too because I remember I thought, oh, one probiotic a day is great. Well, we had um, Gunnar Lovelace on the podcast, the owner of Thrive Market. Uh Yeah, and he said as soon as he starts feeling sick or any symptoms, he takes a probiotic once every single hour until it goes away and he feels better. So that was really interesting to me the power of probiotics because I don't think before I realized how powerful they were so if you're suffering I think it's okay to overdose on those a little bit and I'll do it responsibly under the care <laughs> of your doctor but I'm just saying like that kind of threw me and since I heard that I have been doing that when I'm feeling low sick something's coming on the throat is getting stra- scratchy and I'm fending it off absolutely and eating
2: like probiotic foods I mean that's almost even yes better. that and is better you're like,
0: right that is better
2: <laughs> but yeah I mean I love probiotics and I think they're, they're great and I take them too because I don't make my own probiotic foods you know like I should but you know doing things like kimchi and sauerkraut and kefir and cultured vegetables are a great way to get probiotics cheap and you're doing it yourself so it, it's just more time consuming and so if you're like me and lazy, and you just want to take a probiotic. That works too. But if you want to do it a little bit less expensive route, the the probiotic foods are great. Yeah,
0: I'm lazy too, so I take the pills. But if I was sick, I would start making the food, or I would start buying the kimchi. You know, where you can get it at these wonderful homemade markets, or even Whole Foods has options. So you can definitely that's something you can buy. And I want to add one more resource for you, Monica, which is. Early in the show, it was episode three or four, we interviewed Vince Leah. He is known as the Healthy Vegan Guy Online, and he basically has completely reversed his ulcerative colitis. And so I definitely encourage you, go back and listen to that episode, or just go find him online, Google him, healthyveganguy.com. He has lots of videos. He talks all about how he did it. Um, I know he went on a vegan diet. He's vegan to this day, and he really explains the process of changing his life and changing his diet and getting rid of his ibs and ulcerative colitis
2: and the thing is i have been guilty of this too but Um, you know, scared to reach out to some of these people that have done these things. But people who have cured disease and, you know, are are blogging about it or, you know, podcasting about it, they're so open to your questions and to talking to you. I've reached out to so many people in this holistic space, you know, as just this weenie little doctor that knows nothing about it. And they're so willing to help and teach and be a mentor. And I think that, Don't be scared to send your question in or call them. I mean, they want to help people because they know how bad you know, you can feel with these diseases. And once you've overcome that and you see that it's possible, you just want to help other people.
0: I totally agree. And you know, Vince is an influencer. He's online. He's got a great platform, but he will answer your questions personally because he truly, truly cares. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for answering that question for Monica. Monica, follow up with us on Facebook. Let us know if you have any more questions and let's go to your tweetables. I know you got some good ones for us.
2: Let's see, I, what, my favorite one is one that I actually said in a patient room and I didn't even realize I said it, but she was a new patient and she came in and about three months later she came back and she was like feeling good and had lost weight and I said, well, what did you do? And she said, well, you said to me that if I eat crap, I'm going to feel like crap. But I think <laughs> I didn't say crap, I think I said shit. So, <laughs> so you might want to tweet the uh, the crap thing, but yeah, if you if you eat crap, you're going to feel like crap. Um the other one is the old Hippocrates saying which is let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food because he really knew what he was talking about you know he's the father of medicine so obviously we might have gotten a little bit off path over the past you know years
0: and that's the hippocrates oath like you have to swear that or say that as a doctor correct
2: well you know and that's what kind of got me is that the first thing that they say i don't think they actually say do no harm. It's not actually read like that. But the whole point is that you vow to prevent disease when you can and that you will always look for prevention, preferable to a cure. And so like when I had went through that thing with Susan, I thought, gosh, you know what? I have been harming her. I'm giving her all these medicines. And that was the main thing that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely.
0: All right. If you eat crap, you're going to feel like crap. <laughs> Let thy food be thy medicine. And you have one more, right?
2: Yeah, just be aware of everything that you put in your body because that is what's going to nourish your cells.
0: Love it. Okay, so tweet that to at DocAngela1. Tweet it to us at Food Use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast so we can see your posts. And where can everyone find you online, Angela?
2: Uh, let's see. Well, uh, Twitter is at DocAngela1. Um, my Facebook is Facebook forward slash Doc1Angela and online you can find me at www.angelamd.com
0: awesome okay so food heals nation go check her out follow her on facebook stalk her on twitter retweet her um get in touch with her that way is there anything else you want to leave us with
2: oh my gosh thank you guys so much for having me on i'm so excited thanks
0: for being here That's our show. Thanks for listening. Sign up for our mailing
1: list at foodhealsnation.com and receive a free gift from us. That's right. We have created a brand new guide for you, our Food Heals Nation. Yep. The guide is called Health, Longevity, and Weight Loss Secrets, and it's full of tips, tricks, and secrets collected from some of our favorite guests from the Food Heals podcast. In it, you will learn crazy cool stuff like how to live to 99 with no wrinkles. Susie's grandfather. That's right. How to attract the one. Ooh, how to never get a cavity again. My favorite.
0: Yes, my favorite too. And the real secret to weight loss, or maybe that's my favorite.
1: They're all my favorites. And, and so much more. <laughs> so sign up for our newsletter at foodhealsnation.com. We won't spam you, we promise. No, we won't send you too many emails. Trust us, we're too busy for that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so go to foodheelsnation.com to get your free guide, health, longevity, and weight loss secrets from the Food Heals podcast by subscribing today.